Musicians and Makers podcast dedicated to interviewing and promoting artists across a broad spectrum of genres and mediums. Uh, today we are here with Clara K. Johnson, as well as my co-host Steve. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining us. So, Clara K. Johnson, you're an interdisciplinary artist, uh, and we can also find your work at clarifications.com. I, I'm truly blown blown away by the extent of your work. Um, I, I really want to take this slow so we don't miss anything. Uh, when did you start creating art? Ever since I was a little girl. I just didn't know, you know, that it was special <laughs> <laughs> because it's something I've always been able to do. So it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I realized that that's what I was born to do. Um, it's cliche, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you grew up in Rochester, New York? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm the youngest of eight children. So my um, two of my eldest brothers and sisters have a birthday today. They're 62. Nice. They're Happy birthdays. Yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jocelyn Jeffrey. <laughs> what was it like growing up with such a large family and being the youngest? Well, I figured it out. I've been able to put it into words. I had nine parents. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're all considerably older than me, so. Uh, do they have any artistic abilities as well? You know, um, quite a few of them do, um, and it's natural. You know, it's, one of my brothers can draw. He's engineer. Um, you know, my sister, she's an artist, and she's more disciplined than I am very meticulous, you know, I tend to be a little more, bit more spontaneous, but none of them pursue their art. None of them uh, do it actively. It's one of those things that they know they can do. And, you know, it's just kind of over there. <laughs> when did you decide to move to North Carolina? In 1995. Mm-hmm. So my senior year in high school, um, I won't tell you the year, but <laughs> <laughs> try not to let you date me too much. Um, so I remember walking to school in the winter and, you know, this is a senior year. So I've been doing this four years. Right. And I'm like, man. And the thought just hit me. I don't have to live here. <laughs> so <laughs> a few years later, I moved down south and my father is from. Uh, Wendell, North Carolina. So I've been coming down here every year since I was this big. So it was just a natural transition. Yeah, I've had so many friends tell me that I, I should be looking into like moving to like Asheville area or something like that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great area. It's very artsy and cultural and hippie and, you know, laid back and 
you know, people are people. They're, you know, more human there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you understand what I mean? Yeah. And not the New England chip on the shoulder like up here. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. What's the um, local art scene like in Raleigh? Well, um, this year has been crazy, of course, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm, I've not really been very entrenched in Raleigh right now because the last couple of years I've been traveling. Um, so I've been kind of, you know, in and out and maybe doing stuff in other states and other countries and things like that. But um, Raleigh, mm, so I've been doing art actively for about 10 years. And over the 10 years, it has really grown a lot. Um, It's, uh, well, Durham, North Carolina is about 25 miles west of Raleigh. And uh, it's a little bit more on the artsy side, like more cultural, more hip, urban. You know, Raleigh is very conservative, um, but they do support and appreciate art. Um, it's just not like some cities where it's ingrained in everything that occurs in the city. Like some cities that I've lived in, they just really um, embrace it. Like they love the artists and they support the artists and art is included in every aspect of the city. Like Raleigh has no personality. And I know if people <laughs> yeah. from Raleigh hear this, they're going to be mad, but they they can only admit it's true. It, it doesn't have its own personality. Right. So Durham has they tout themselves as the bull city. Like it's it's changed a lot. It's rugged, but they own it. Right. They own that rugged, you know, and Raleigh's kind of what I call white bread, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, To speak to traveling, you definitely have done quite a bit of that. Uh, So you had an art residency in France in 2018. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Could you tell us a little more about that? Yes. Yep. So it's a little sleepy. It was in a little dormant town, uh, a dormant village called Marne, uh, Marne Sersen. So it was on the river Sersen. Um, I think it had like 250, maybe 300 residents. Um, not artists, but residents. I shared a house with um, some other international artists, some from Italy, some from Russia, there was an American there. Yeah, it was really interesting. So they call it a, a dormant village because there's no commerce, right? There, there's you got to go to the next town to get wine, you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, that was really interesting. So the um, whole premise of that uh, particular residence was eugenics, right? So they wanted to talk about you know evolution and things like this. Um, I was more interested in like the uh, European landscape because it seems really well preserved Um, and they don't tend to destroy the natural resources to create, you know, infrastructure. Um, So I was more taken by that aspect than, you know, anything else that I could draw from because I'm I'm here, you know, like Mm -hmm. I'm in my head a lot. So. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it was it was really interesting. I got to go to Paris several times, and that was magical. Um, those I got to spend about six weeks in Spain before I went to the went to France, and um, Spain was just absolutely you gotta go. You mm-hmm. got it's so beautiful. But yeah, Paris was good too. <laughs> yeah. 
I um, I toured in um, Germany and Poland last year uh, in like a music group, and we were in the hopes of doing France and Spain this upcoming year. And obviously, everything's kind of getting pushed back and crazy. But I, I know what you mean by the landscape. Even in Germany, like you're traveling on the highways, and they have like all these beautiful like small yellow flowers everywhere, which I believe they make like some type of I think it's like canola oil or something is produced from that. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're just everywhere. It's so beautiful, you know, and like. I think about driving around here, you know, we're in Rhode Island, like pretty close to New York. You, you know what our highways look like, you know, like you go through Jersey and it's just like a million exits going in every direction. You know, like. <laughs> right, right. Well, I got to um, drive a friend that I met. I made a friend in uh, France and she decided to move to Berlin. And so she needed a driver because she didn't know how to drive, you know, a manual. So um, I'd go back to Germany just to drive. Wow. Yeah. Just to drive. Just to drive. Could imagine there must have been a a big language barrier too in such like a small resident area. Was that hard to like translate and to communicate with everyone? Well, in the village, there is, um, believe it or not, a lot of English speaking people there. And the English speaking people seem to like all be on like the same strip of, you know, of the world or the side of the village, like the ones who only spoke French, they didn't really integrate a lot. Mm. Um, but <clears throat> cause you know, some kind of political thing, right? I don't know. Um, but yeah, I didn't speak French. I can speak Spanish a little bit real, mm. but much, 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 I can speak French much less than uh, <laughs> Spanish. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that, and they don't, it's true. They don't like, it if you don't speak French, right? Mm. They it's it's a real insult to them. Like so, I was just mere seeing all over the place. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but I managed. I managed. But when when it was when it was the barrier was there, it was really hard. Mm. At yeah. least in Spain, they tried to work with you, and I could you know, and a lot of Spanish words sound English, right? So I could kind of put an O or an A on the end of it. And then <laughs> yeah, we know what you're saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So that was, that was, that was cool. I had no chance in Germany. I remember like, I think entrance and exit was like Ashfar and Einfar and like, forget it. Like, yeah, forget yeah. about it. Yeah. 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 That's a whole different animal there. Oh. Uh, uh, so you also were part of a group exhibit in South Africa in 2019. Uh, that was with a group, was it called Artlet? Yes. Yes. What is what is Artlet? Well, it's art and literature. So visual art and uh, literary art. So it's marrying the two. So Johari uh, Taran um, was curator. So she had reason to go to South Africa many, many years ago. So she had been going back and forth and she likes to write and she likes books and stuff. So, but she also likes the visual art. So she's produced magazines. So she just came up with this brainchild to um, have an exhibit that features African um, writers with um, some artists from the Northern Cape of South Africa and American, black American artists. So uh, we did the exhibit in William Humphrey's uh, museum in Kimberley, South Africa. Um, and the hope was to bring it over here. So the hope was to bring the 
South African artists to the U.S. and feature U.S. artists, right? And then to take it all over the all over the world. But you know that remains to be seen. So, but it was it was really really cool. Um, a lot of different interpretations. So there was a set number of literature that we were to interpret. Um, I think I did about four four pieces, <clears throat> but several pieces for one story. So stories um, and poems. Uh, what was your medium for those pieces? Um, I work with a lot of different mediums. Um, there was, um, I used two mannequins, two female mannequins, and I, um, did a wire sculpture on them, um, cause I love trees. And so they have wire sculpted trees. So if you see that guitar back there mm-hmm. with the wire sculpture, I kind of did the same. So I painted the mannequin. And I layer it with paper and fabric and paint. And, you know, then I build like a, a structure and then I just kind of, you know, m- manipulate the wire and string the bees and twist them up and make it look, you know, something like that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Um, I also did um, a piece that dedicated to um, Nelson Mandela and I titled it The child isn't dead because it was it talked about a little boy that was killed on the street one of the lines in the poem was the child is not dead so you know nelson mandela i feel like his spirit lives is gonna live forever right um and so for that one i did like i took strips of paper that tore wet and rolled them just hand rolled all these pieces of uh paper and, you know, just laid it down in the, and I used probably like um, 15 different mediums from like tiger's eye to metal to fabric, leather, paper. I usually achieve, you know, what I set out to. I, I don't know what it's going to be when I start, but I have an idea, a little idea. I could imagine too, like a piece like that you could make here in the United States, but to do it there in South Africa and just to like, just be in that moment, that must have just made it so much more special. Well, that piece was made here, but I didn't make a piece when I was there. The curator shipped all of the art over, right? So she shipped all of the art over and she shipped all of it back. So I'm happy to say I have it. I have uh, 95% of it in my possession. (laughs) She still has one piece. Um, I just came back from California last week. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. I collaborated with the artists over there, made some longtime friends, Um, you know, really talented, resourceful, you know, humble, really humble uh, artists there. So it was was really nice. It was it was a great experience. And I was on the female in the show, by the way. Oh, that's awesome, too. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Uh, So you just came back from California. Was that for your solo exhibit? Yes. Which didn't happen, so let's not uh, talk. That was my my <laughs> next question. How Sorry did that go? That. Oh, <laughs> well, you know, I think everything happens for a reason, right? So um, my uh, client flew me out to do a commission, and so we were in the process of doing that and coordinating the um, exhibit, and things just went awry. But I was able to get all of my art work home, so I didn't lose a thing. <laughs> That's good. Was this the Pac-Man commission? No, that's here in Raleigh. Okay. 
That that's a mural. That's on a twenty foot long wall. So are you, are you still working on that now? Yeah, I had to take a break though. Yeah. All those dots are driving me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I bet. How many hours are you into it already? Uh about thirty. About thirty hours. Yeah. So and it's funny because you know, I'm abstract and that that is so literal. It, it's so, you know, mathematic, maybe, but I don't think that way. So it was really interesting. Like I'd leave it and I think about it like, oh, I could have did that better. You know, <laughs> so, you know, as far as the measurements and, you know, the number of layers and how you eh, it, it was a learning as you go. You know, if he had asked for an abstract. I probably would have been done you know halfway through that amount of time so it's all a learning experience yeah is that your first piece like that like a video game piece or like a large like no not my first large uh mural but it is my first time trying to um do something on that scale with that amount of precision and it's missing a lot of precision believe me but it requires a lot of precision, which I use. That's not my approach in most things that I do. I mean, not even just in art. Like, you know, when I cook, I don't taste my food. You know, it's just this, you know, innate thing. So when I go back to finish it, it will probably take me less time because this time I will just take two lines across and then measure each dot as opposed to trying to measure each dot and then make sure the lines are straight. And I don't I know. If lose my mind. Yeah, yeah, I would absolutely lose my mind uh, myself. I like I'm a rhythm guitarist and the, the difference between like a rhythm guitarist and a lead is like a lead takes that time, constructs like every little thing they want to do. And I'm just like, I'm feeling whatever someone's doing and we're just going to move in that direction. And can I do it the same a hundred times? Probably not. You know, like, and do I want to? No, definitely not. You know, yeah. that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of it. But, you know, it's interesting. Like in 2015, I worked with an orchestra and they commissioned me to do some artwork using violins. And um, they invited me to their practice sessions. And so the conductor is a female. And I had no idea there was so much math and science in the orchestra. And this woman was pitch perfect. Like I, she would know which section of the orchestra was off, right? And she'd have everybody in that section playing and she'd point out the one who didn't tune their violin or didn't tune the, I'm like, it blew my mind. Oh yeah. I played with people like that. I, I played with someone who like went to um, a, a music college and like, you know, we all have these like fancy tuning pedals to like tune our electric guitars and get them all perfect. And he would just sit there and just tune everyone's guitar for them in like less time than it took me to follow that. You know, it's, it's incredible. That's it it's such it's a talent. A it's yeah. a gift. So you also, you did a TED talk back in 2016. I believe it was published in 2018, right? Yes. Uh, yes. And your topic was what is ethnic art? I had a chance to listen to that. I actually listened to it a couple times today. What really stood out to me uh, was that you, you talked about like yourself uh, and, and just a description of yourself. And, and you said that a, a good description is inclusion, non-restriction, acceptance of all things and all people. Uh, and that's kind of the cornerstone of who you are. Um, 
to tell you a little about myself, uh, I, I work in a nonprofit art organization. Uh, we're community building. Uh, we house artists. Uh, we also we have a venue and a gallery that's for everyone. You know, you don't have to be this big known artist to do so. Um, and you know, our one of our slogans is unjuried, uncensored, all ages, all the time. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell you, when you said that, that just it struck right out to me, and I, I just love to hear what you have to say to that. So the title. What is ethnic art? So I went back and forth with the curator about because obviously I'm a black woman. Right. So it's curious to some people why I don't do black art. But what is black art? Like, really? So um, I don't look at the world in that way. I don't see beauty, you know, like I think there's just too many isms in the world, right? So everybody wants to label this and label that. And, you know, because um, it, 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 I get it. It makes sense, right? We agree to call something a thing and that therefore that's what it is. And we agree that that's what it means and that's what it is. Um, but I think that if more people could um, open their minds a little bit, you know, and not be in the side of right, you know, just just try to be a little more um, open to different concepts, different ways of thinking, um, not feeling that because someone doesn't agree with your philosophy, your lifestyle, what you do, you know, what you look like, you know, that's their right. And we all get that right. So I get the right to create the art that I want to create. No one's going to tell me what to create. If you like it, like I said in the TED Talk, great. If you don't, great. I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. I really don't care. There's so much in our face now. Like that was four years ago, right? So now four years um, moving forward, it seems to be even more um, entrenched or this just picking a side and and there is no side right because if you everyone doesn't believe in the creator but if you believe in a creator and he picked the side or she picked the side what side are they going to pick what <laughs> oh, i mean if if they created all things right if if god or create I, I think of god as a man and a woman just for the record that's what i'm saying they or he or she right so mm -hmm. then then what's wrong? <laughs> I come to understand that I'm I'm a little different, right? So I've always been a re rebel. I don't like rules. I follow them <laughs> if I have to. <laughs> if I don't have to, I don't follow them. Um, but I don't break rules either. It's, but it's my own philosophy. But you only get one life, right? So for a while I was in corporate and, you know, doing very well. And then my dad passed. Right. So that was like the closest person in my life. I lost grandparents, but I'm not, you know, like he and my dad, my brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews, that's, that's my, you know, but when he passed away, like I'm, I've never really been affected by death. Right. It didn't, I'd be a little sad, a little sad for everybody else too, but it never like threw me for a loop and it really did his, his passing didn't do that. It was just like a bucket of cold, ice cold water got thrown on me. It's like, shoot, Claire. 
Um, <laughs> and my dad was a great, great man. He had a lot of influence in the community and things like this. And it's no more. Now it's no more. There is no more of that soul or that person who was here to do whatever they wanted to do. However, you know, within the realm of his understanding and belief and means. Right. But when you're gone, you're done. Like it's, it's just. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but while you're here you know, do as much as you can to express what's in here. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is like something that because we're so in the rat race, right? We're chasing a career. We're chasing money. We're chasing relationships. We're chasing this, you know, you want to find your soulmate. I heard a teacher say mate with your soul, like really get to know, you know, who you are. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're all the same. We all got here the same way and we're all, ain't none of us getting out of here a lot. So yep. if you get the chance, right, when you're, however, or if you get to see your last days, right, and you know it's your last days, how are you going to look back on your life? Like, um, I could do more, you know, but right now I'm do sorry. But no, I could, I could do more. Like, I try to be the person I want people to see, like, mm that old cliche but it is it's just that simple it's really not that hard it's really not that hard but if you if your focus is such on the outside then it becomes a challenge right and then that's where you get your mental illness and your anxiety and depression and you know yeah I've lost my father as well, you know, and he had some beautiful, beautiful qualities. And I think about the way you're saying, like, you know, this piece of the community was missing. And I've always felt that, you know, there's so much that I could do to kind of like, you know, I, there's people in my life who will never meet him. Uh, and there's so much that I could do to take those good qualities and make that part of myself and move forward with that and use that as my expression instead of that being just such like a, a sad thing. And why not? That's, that's where we come from. That's our culture, right? That's what we should be expressing and promoting. And we just continue to build that. And that that's beautiful for the next generations to come, you know, and I do have to say to the Ted talk, you got me. I think it's changing, but just mm. not, it's, it's changing slowly and not as uh, celebratedly. Mm. Right. It's a little uh, covert or or uh, under the surface. Right. It's not, it, you know, when I hear the news, I get so upset when I'm, I walk into a room and the news is on. I, I really I literally get upset. I got to say, you you actually you got me in that TED talk, too. In the beginning, when you show all those pieces of art and I tried to figure out like where these people came from and what their race was. I think I got like almost every single one wrong. You know? Exactly. It's, exactly. But you know, it, it, I, yeah, because I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed, you know, I, I would not have guessed if I didn't know. But that's the ownership that we get if you're, if you do what's classified as black art with the, you know, depictions of black culture, you assume automatically that a black person or a person of color did it. And then when you find out it's not, then then black people are offended and the, and the artist is lauded by the mainstream, right? And it's, it's just, it's a sad, it's a sad, it's just a, and then, you know, and then when you see artwork that has no uh, ethnic depiction, you automatically assume that um, a, a white person did it, right? Or 
not anyone of any ethnicity. There's if there's no ethnicity tied to it, then you're, it, the default is going to be towards the mainstream, which is white, which isn't fair. Um, but that's just the way it is. So I mean, I'm, I'm not going to change what I do, but. Yeah, no, I mean, I think we're all trying to, I mean, hopefully we're all trying to work towards just breaking down some of these racial barriers and these isms and just realizing that, you know, we we live in a, a, a I mean, we live in capitalism, right? That is inherently racist. That That's what we're dealing with. And the sooner that we can realize that system and decide to take it on ourselves, you know, to, to just encourage each other to, you know, celebrate our lives, then, then that's where we're going to find the beauty. And then you'll have some beautiful artwork come out of that and we can all love and appreciate it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that's how you get to heaven. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you do have a pretty rich family background in the arts as well. Uh, your grandfather, he, he created uh, the, um, the mascot for Johnson C. Smith University, the Golden Bull. Yes. Yeah, he did that in 1917. Wow. Yeah. Do you know how he got that opportunity? You know, I don't know a lot about my grandfather. Um, I only met him once. Um, This year was uh, my my sisters and I were we were planning a road trip to his hometown, um, Birmingham, Alabama, and we were going to do some digging. And of course, that didn't happen. so, but all I know is that, um, well, my eldest brother tells me he was a Republican, right? So he was very affluent. Like, I don't, I know his, his, my, my great grandfather, his father was a porter, right? So, and then for my grandfather to be able to go to college and graduate gives me an idea that they were somehow, you know, a little affluent, maybe. Um, but that's as much as I can gather. Um, they, the, they, I know that the mascot, they first wanted to call it the golden bitty. Oh, I don't know. So hmm. I wonder what the meaning was back then for that. Yeah. So yeah, that was in 1970. So he was born in 1893. Wow. So he was old when he had my mom mm-hmm. and then my mom was old when she had me. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, but then I come to realize recently that my dad's mom was a bit of a, a creative, too. So, like, I've been doing a lot of work with mixed media and there's this rooster that's in her uh, in her living room that's been in there since I was a little girl. I just thought they bought that thing. Like, it just I don't know. And I just find out like 40 some years later that she did it. And, it, and so I, I'm kind of like with the artwork that I'm doing, like. I never really connected with her in that way, but you know, maybe somehow she's kind of there's some sort of connection. Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't want to say channel, but I mean, I guess you kind of draw on things, right? And you don't really realize uh, where the influence is coming from. Because <laughs> I don't study art, right? So I don't really look at a lot of different artwork or try to emulate artwork that I've seen. Um, I try to create what. I think is exciting and uh, beautiful and challenging. So that's why I learned the term interdisciplinary because I don't just paint. I don't just, you know, I make bowls and I do wire sculptures and murals and I work with different materials and, and I just can't, I won't say focus. I just refuse to 
not honor the other ideas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you just recently uh, started creating your own line of apparel, right? Yes, yes. That um, I'm still working on that because I don't tend to do things the way other people do. <laughs> so, you know, my idea of my apparel is, is going to be, you know, dynamic and it's going to be expensive. I'm going to put a lot into, you know, a lot of thought into it. I just don't want to, you know, put something out there that's already been seen. I want it to be, you know, dynamic and, and you know, beautiful and eye-catching. Um, but I'm finding that it's a little more expensive to create those pieces than I it had that I had imagined. So I'm still still managing that one. So yeah, you've had some popularity with uh, messy boots, I believe you call them. Yes, yes, yes. So I take um, I take boots that people, you know, they they may not love them anymore. Maybe the heel is run down or. You know, they just don't match anything. So I'll just uh, take them and um, get different fabrics, different fabric patterns. But they it, it, it's so messy, but it comes together. Right. So they, they're the same, almost the same identical pattern on each side, just mirrored. But it's different um, pieces of fabric, different patterns and denim. Yeah, so denim and the different fabrics, yeah. So these are all like repurposed items? Repurposed, one-of-a-kind custom. Yeah, I don't create them and, you know, hold them because I want people to give me shoes that they've worn, right? So they know that they're going to fit because <laughs> you're not getting a refund. <laughs> so yeah and then you know it can go issue inventory and stuff like that but yeah it's it's all fun it's so all this fun. is this is really custom then they're like setting you something that they already own so you can like create it do they have like kind of a say in, in what material you're adding to or has anyone like brought you something special they wanted you to add to the mix yes yes that and colors right so um i try to not use too too many colors but I have an eye for color. Like I can, I, I really have a good grasp on bringing colors together. So, I, but I try not to make it too far. Like I wouldn't put, po- I would put polka dots with stripes, but you know, I might not put zigzags with polka dots. I don't know. It's, it's just a, a, a way that colors go together. Like if you think about the Crayola box, the 64, um, colors in the Crayola box, but you actually can create more than the 64 colors, but it's just that whole concept, right? You got the, like, you know, a warm tone goes with a cool tone or vice versa. It just depends on how it works hmm. and what fabrics I have <laughs> or if I have to shopping. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I'm going to sort of put you on the spot. Uh, if you had to choose one piece that's your favorite that you've done, what would it be? Um, one of my favorite pieces is Harmony's Hope. It's on my website. Um, I did that for Sing for the Cure. And it's, um, I will call it a monochromatic piece. So it's purples, lavenders, pinks, hot pinks. And then it's, um, it's actually a tree. If you looked at it, it, um, the bottom is a tree trunk, but it's got the piano keys going up. 
So they did the concert, Sing for the Cure. I think that was in 2011. And so they commissioned me for that piece. And then like the branches are the ribbons of the um, the breast cancer logo. And so that's one of the first pieces I ever really drew before I started it out. And I really don't paint or create something with the purpose, right? Like it's all just beauty, but I was able to like, you know, actually incorporate the whole vein of what they were doing because I put sheet music in it and, you know, some, and it's funny because I didn't intentionally put there, but if they point them out to me, I can concede. Okay, I can see you see that. So, and part of it, you know, one of my friends said, well, Claire, it looks like a breast is in the painting. Like, mm. that looks like a breast to me. And I'm like, no. And I looked, I said, dang. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it, but it, it came together so beautifully. And it's one of my, it's my mom's favorite piece too. So I guess that might be one of the reasons why it's one of my. Yeah. Is there any style of art that you, uh, you really haven't pursued that you'd like to? Mm, I would like to sculpt, but I can't. And I would love to dance, but I can't. Uh, me neither. <laughs> Don't feel bad. <laughs> like I am very um, enthralled and impressed, just blown away by um, performing artists and the control they have over their body and how they can stretch and just, you know, fly up in the air. And, you know, and then like the um, even urban dancers, you know, like I can't do that. I can, I can get on. I'll get on the dance floor, yeah. but I really can't. <laughs> it was a board. <laughs> so, yeah. And then sculpting. I have a really good friend. Um, she's self-trained, too. And she does beautiful uh, portrait sculpture. And I tried to throw uh, throw clay, right, to make some pottery. And that's hard, too. There's a lot of uh, physics in that. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to do, <laughs> do what I do. But yeah, those those two things I'm I'm very um impressed by. I'm I'm impressed by art that I when I look at it, I think I can't do it. Right. So if I see someone's painting or artwork and I can kind of look at it and, and see what they did or I think I can recreate it, I'm not as impressed. So yeah. I think I made like one pinch pot in my life and I, it probably blew up in the kiln, you know? So I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. There's room for everybody. <laughs> True. Uh, so when someone asks you, and I know this is hard. Uh, if when someone asks you what type of art do you make, what do you say? Well, like I, well, I used to say mixed media because it's not just in one dimension or one space. Um, so when I went to France, I learned interdisciplinary. So there was an artist um, professor who taught at the University of uh, Alabama and her daughter came. And so I'll tell them interdisciplinary and then I'll, you know, expound on that. You know, that I do bowls and I'm, I do um, I work with different mediums. I do wire sculptures. Um, yeah, it's that's been the struggle, Joshua. That's been the struggle it's in more ways than I can explain because <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't have a way to you know say the word like if if um, I was a portrait artist then people immediately get that you know if I did abstract people you know they might not be able to see if they understand what abstract is but I'm not not just an abstract artist 
So that's been like even trying to create a logo. Right. I've, I've been over the years just playing around. But how do I make a logo? I think I come up with it 10 years later. I think I've come up with it. Um, so that's in the works. An official logo. <laughs> <laughs> Good things take time. Yeah, 10 years. That, that's a good run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so why do you make art? Because it's who I am. Um, it's become who I am. Like, I'm good at a lot of different things. Um, but I just let it, I let it envelop me, you know. So it's really what I have to do. You know, I'll see a rock or a tree or um I don't know. I'll just see something and then it's like sparks just, you know, just things just start firing off like, oh, I could do this with that and I could do this with that. And I have to get it out. I, I just literally have to I have to try to fashion this thing of what I see and see if it's going to meet, you know, what I expect to see, which I don't see the whole thing. But I just know, you know, I have some idea. And it's only because I know, because a lot of people have talents, right, that they don't know they have. If I didn't know that, you know, I had the talent in this way, then I wouldn't be disrespecting it or disregarding it. But since I know I have it, I have to do it. And um, yeah, and I just I really wish more people would spend a little time, you know, finding that thing. And they don't, they'll find it if um, they just try different stuff. Right. So I always knew I could do art, but I always knew I was good in corporate, too. And, you know, getting those benefits and getting the money. Um, But ultimately, I had to make a choice because I was my job was no longer pleasurable. You know, life was getting harder only because I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be in front of some art. So um, but a lot of I understand, you know, everyone doesn't get that opportunity. Right. So I kind of like demanded of myself that I do this like unapologetically now has it been easy but has it been fun yep (laughs) so Steve do you have any questions where is the one place that you want to travel to do art that you haven't been to yet I really wanted my trip to Europe to, to my first country to be to Italy um so Tuscany um I almost made it there on a residency a, a few years prior, but that didn't happen. And then the other um, country I'd like to go to is Ghana or Senegal um, to do some art. Like, I really think I would benefit from, you know, Senegal and Ghana just because the their art is so innate and raw and, you know, tribal and soulful. And, you know, like, I think there's, you know, a dimension or another level that I haven't tapped, you know, like, I think there's a lot more, you know, that I could pull out, you know? Um, yeah, but uh, Italy is just beautiful and Spain is beautiful. I love, I love landscapes and, you know, trees and oceans and mountains and all of that. So yeah, those, those, those three. Italy is so beautiful. Uh, I, I tell you, I just when I toured Europe, I I toured with uh, an Italian band, and it really took me a long time to get used to their speed. They like we were late to every show. Uh, they had to stop for their coffee every two or three hours. Uh, like it was just like 
they live this very just relaxed life. And mm-hmm. coming coming from like New England, I'm just like I was supposed Let's to be go. there four hours ago. You know what I mean? It's yep. just but they don't stress it at all. They're like loving every minute of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's incredible, but it was something I really had to get used to. Yeah, you know, I heard it put like this about Europeans. I mean, maybe not all countries in Europe, but definitely Spain. And I can imagine Italy, maybe even France, too. If you were to ask you know, them what they do, they'll tell you what they love, what they love to do, what they love to eat, where they love to go. They won't tell you about their job first. Right. Their job is just to support what they love to do. Like my last night at the residency, I'm trying to pack and I didn't want to make a big fuss, you know, but they find any excuse to get together, any excuse to sit around and drink some wine and eat some food. And so um, the mayor's daughter, she says, Clara, we should celebrate your life. I was like, oh, it's not necessary. She says, it doesn't have to be necessary. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be fun. I'm like, okay, so. Yeah, that that's that's yeah, they take care of their business, but they're not working. They're not working, you know, 10 hours a day. They siesta is a real thing in Spain, people. It is a real thing. Like oh, yeah. they have the 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 window darkening blinds on the outside and you they shut down for two hours. And in August in France, they shut down for dag near the month, right? The whole month. Like things are just you can just get your you're not going out to eat nowhere. You're not not really. Like they really, yeah, it's it's a whole different concept of importance, you know, like actually feeling like you're living. So are are you doing commissions for art? Is there any way people could reach out to you to uh, commission any pieces or anything? Of course. You can um, reach me on my website, www.clarifications.com, and it's spelled clarifications, not the proper spelling. Clara. <laughs> so, yeah. And um, I'm on Facebook and um, Instagram. Um, you can find me by my name on Facebook and I'm artist Clara K on um, Instagram. That's awesome. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And, and thank you again for your time. Uh, this has been Josh and Steve from Musicians and Makers podcast, sitting down with Clara K. Johnson. Uh, and you know you can find us on Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, our website, YouTube, uh, any media out there, uh, so we can bring these artists to you. Uh, and thank you again, Clara, for your time. Thank you both. I really enjoyed speaking with you.